Now we're uh, we're on things to avoid as a Christian. These are 14 abominations found in the Bible. Abomination for you new people that are here. Abomination is something very detestable. It's something repulsive at the very base level of repulsion. It's it's uh, involuntarily repulsive. It's something that you don't have to think about. You're just repulsed by it. God's repulsed by certain things in the Bible. And he said he is. And these are some of them that help us make sure that we're not part of this. I think these next few uh, are interesting to me because you wouldn't, I, I personally wouldn't have thought that God would verbalize this like this, but he does. The Bible says the sacrifice of the wicked is an abomination. It says in Proverbs 15, 8, the sacrifice of the wicked is an abomination to the Lord, but the prayer of the upright is his delight. Now think about what he said there. The world's out there doing their sacrifices to God, and they think, well, any way I do my sacrifice to God is okay. Any way I want to worship God's okay. Any sacrifice I give, he ought to be just happy I'm thinking about him. No. 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 No, no. You gotta do God for God to be happy with what you're doing, you must do be obedient. If you love me, keep my commandments. So obedience is an act of love. And if you love Christ, you're gonna to want to do what you're gonna care and you're gonna be a stickler about what the Bible says. Because the Bible teaches us how to worship God. The Bible teaches us what makes God happy, what makes God pleased. I say this, if you please God, you don't have to worry about anything else. Please God. And the rest of the life is going to take care of itself and, and the next one to come. So this, even the sacrifice of the wicked is an abomination of the Lord. I've had people give a lot of money to special causes, you know, maybe polio or maybe well, polio, that's gone. Jerry Lewis, uh, I think that was muscular dystrophy. I think he had to give so much money. He said, well, surely when Jerry Lewis goes to heaven, he'll be accepted. Look at all the millions of dollars Jerry Lewis raised in those telethons he did in September, raising all that money for these young, young people that had muscular dystrophy. Well, surely God is going to accept him. Man will accept him, but God isn't going to accept him based on that. He rejected Jesus Christ as his Savior and consequently has to answer for his own sins and his own actions before God, which uh, the Bible put it this way, our righteousnesses are as filthy rags before God. If you're trying to buy your way into heaven, your righteousnesses are not attractive to God. That's man's way of thinking. In the verse, uh, Isaiah 113 says, "Bring no more." God says this to his people. This is people of children of Israel. Bring no more vain oblations. Incense as an abomination to me. The new moons, these are the things they were commanded to do in the law of Moses. The new moons and Sabbaths and the calling of assemblies. I cannot away with it. It is iniquity, even the solemn meeting. So he says, basically, when the unsaved go to church, a church that was that has been organized and built on their ideas and their ways. That's what he says. So even their assembly tells him, stop going to the assemblies. I can't agree with it. The children of Israel had, had basically changed the law and done it their way and changed the way of serving God. People would come to me and say, well, my Jesus is good with it. Now, you've heard me say that a number of times. It isn't about your Jesus. It's about the Jesus. There's only one Christ. Now, Paul told, told the Corinthians, he said, if another Jesus comes, you'll accept him. If another Holy Spirit, you'll accept him. You know, you'll, you'll be glad to accept another Holy Spirit. 
but the Holy Spirit and the gospel and the Jesus Christ you don't want. He rebuked them, rebuked them pretty heavily in Corinth because they were kind of doing the same thing these people were in Isaiah chapter 1. Boy, Isaiah is a good book. Another one he mentions is the way of the wicked is an abomination. So the sacrifice of the wicked is an abomination to God. The Bible says the way of the wicked is an abomination unto the Lord, but he loveth him that followeth after righteousness. Uh, each one of us kind of has our way, have our ways. There was a quote one time by a famous man who said, I got my faults, but I got my ways. How many know where that's from? I got you. I got the only, I'm the only one in this room that knows where that comes from. I got my faults, but I got my ways. Huh? Yes. You should know that. The famous Clint Eastwood. I got my faults, but I got my ways. You're not gonna. It's not gonna go very far before God. And you say, "Well, I, I, I did it." My way. I feel really, my heart goes out to Frank Sinatra after a completely wasted life. Another thing the Bible says is that none of the sacrifice of God, the sacrifices of, of, of the evil are people outside of the will of God, won't, won't be in the will of God, want to do it their way. Sacrifice of God is abomination. Ways of them are abomination. He says the thoughts of the wicked also. The thoughts of the wicked are an abomination of the Lord, but the words of the pure are pleasant words. So there you go. Those in authority that commit wickedness is an abomination to God. Proverbs 16, 12. It's an abomination to kings to commit wickedness. The higher the responsibility, the more serious the offense. For the throne is established by righteousness. Uh, I, I go to the New Testament here, and you'll, you'll see people say this. Against an elder received not an accusation, but by two or three witnesses. Anybody can accuse anybody of anything, but you're innocent to a proven guilty, at least in where we live, in the United States of America. And I think biblically that's a solid, that's a solid foundation. You're innocent to a proven guilty. But I heard so-and-so did this. I heard so-and-so did this. I read the internet. You know how much lying is going on on the internet. You people that are following the Israeli war. There is, there is a, I couldn't believe how many just straight up lies they're putting over the internet. Propaganda. But you can find that in almost any area you get on the internet. You'll get, you'll get wild people. It, I think they just get a thrill out of putting a lie on there and seeing if you'll believe it. But people in authority have a heavy responsibility. But they also have been given some protection. And that's one of them right there. Don't, don't uh, against an elder, one of, that's of course somebody that's, but they're, okay, let me see, let me straighten it. There's no office of elder. There's only two offices in the Bible, pastor and deacon. Now the, the pastor, the pastor has four different names it's called. Uses the overseer, uses the uh, Greek word poinme, which is a feeder, and the word bishop, and so somebody who walks guard. But it's all the same, an elder. The word, it's all the same office, same office. You have these Presbyterians who want to make a third office. The thing they can is they can't support it in the Bible because there's no 
qualifications for the third office. There's only qualifications for two offices in the Bible, pastorate and the deacon. So, but with, the, with this added protection, as you see there in verse 19 of 1 Timothy, you have this added, uh, like I said, punishment. Then the sin rebuke before all that others also may fear. We've had some leadership people fail at Gospel Baptist Church. And so what did we do? We had them get before the whole church. We had to come before the whole church. And they were by their coming, they, had, they were rebuked because they should have been. Because the more responsibility you have, the more serious a punishment you receive when you fall. James says that there not be many masters among you, seeing we incur a stricter judgment. So in an effort to try to save the person that fell, we had to obey the Bible. You fail, you knew better. In fact, you knew more than maybe any most in the church. So you, that was wrong. In fact, you'd even taught on those people and said that was wrong to do, and you did it yourself. Then you need to get up and repent and confess it before the church, and they need to make it public. You can't keep that private. You can't put a lid on that. You can't sweep that under the carpet. Not Bible. The Bible said, do it. Again, do it God's way, and it works out good. Because that person now is a pastor of a church. The rebellious are an abomination. Proverbs 28, 9. He that, re, he that re, turneth away his ear from hearing the law, even his prayer shall be an abomination. Now, some people think, well, if I pray to God, it's got to be good. How about the National Day of Prayer? Oh, boy. We got National Day of Prayer. You got people praying to God who don't obey him. People praying to God who don't believe he's there. People praying to God who've invented their own God. And maybe, you know, 10, 15 other scenarios going on in the National Day of Prayer. We fundamental Bible believers, we don't have National Day of Prayer. We have every day is a day of prayer. You know, when they try to say, let's make a special day for God, that doesn't impress me. Every day is a special day for God. People that believe the Bible, every day is a holy day. Today's a holy day. God gave me today, didn't give me tomorrow. I can't go back to yesterday, so I'm, I'm living in the moment that God has given me. So today's a special day. Uh, and the, but that's not the way the world does it. They want to make a lot of special days. I go to church on Christmas and Easter every year. Well, whoopee-doo. I mean, I'm not against going to church on Christmas and Easter. But how about going to church all the rest of the year? And then the services on Christmas. Can I say this kindly? The services on Christmas don't mean what they do to the world. To the fundamentalists, he's thinking about Christ all the time. He's thinking about the birth of Christ and, and the, 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 the crucifixion of Christ. So we're talking about it all year long. So it lessens the magnitude of Christmas. It lessens the magnitude of Easter. Easter is just another Sunday we, which we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. I just preached on the Resurrection Sunday, in fact, come to think about it. So we celebrated the Resurrection every Sunday. Amen. What do mean for the Resurrection of Christ? Man, you've got nothing. And I Bible said Proverbs, Psalm 66, 18, If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not what? Pray all you want. They go about to the ceiling, bounce back, and that's as far as they go. 
if you got iniquity, iniquity is, is what? Iniquity can be defined as, as uh, lawlessness. It can be defined connotatively as doing things your way, not God's way. Iniquity is, a, iniquity is not just a sin. It's a habit of sin. You've decided to do it your way. You've decided to break whatever law you're going to break to get what you want and to go whatever you want. It don't make any difference what the Bible says. I'm going to do it. And then you pray, and you pray, oh, God, help me. Help me today. If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. People often come to me and say, my prayers are not getting answered. Could be reason. Maybe you have some area of iniquity in your heart, some stronghold that you're not willing to give up for God, but the Holy Spirit's come by and He's knocked on your door and He's told you, I want you to give that up. Or if that's the negative side of that. On the positive side, he says, I want you to do this. And you won't do it. He wants you to read the Bible, but you won't do it. He wants you to be a witness, but maybe you won't do it. He wants you, maybe there could be a hundred different directions that God may go on this, but the Holy Spirit has basically come by your house, ask you to do something, move on something. You won't do it. That's iniquity. It's a habit of decision-making that is deep. And by the way, God really is down on iniquity. He's, he's big. At, don't, <laughs> Adultery is an abomination. It says in Ezekiel 22, 11, and one that committeth abomination with his neighbor's wife, another hath lewdly defiled his daughter-in-law, and another in, in thee hath humbled his sister. They found that going on in big homeschooling. Big, big homeschooling families are having, what do they call that? They call that incest when brother has relations with sister, and that goes on. They keep them too tight. They keep them too tight, too close, too close, too tight. Like in West Virginia, you got to watch that. Where's where's trouble? Where's double trouble? Oh, you got to watch that West Virginia cousins, first cousins marrying, you know, and for you don't know first cousins. All the New Testament sin lists begin with immorality. Almost you, okay. Now I have a list. I have a list here of of the sin lists of the New Testament. There's 13 of them. Uh, Romans chapter one, verse 28, 32 has a big sin list. First Corinthians chapter six, verse nine through ten, and in, and in Galatians five, nineteen through twenty-one, and Ephesians five, five. All three of those places, First Corinthians six, Galatians five, Ephesians five, five, say that they that do such things have no part in the kingdom of heaven. Now, what it's talking about? You say, Brother Bill, if I sin, then I won't go to heaven. It's not that way. It's a habitual sin. Iniquity is a habitual. If, if you say you're a Christian, you are habitually committing immorality, I'm going to say on the authority of the Bible, you're not saved. Now, I can't see your heart. But on authority of the Bible, I'm going to say you're not saved because on those three places I just mentioned, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, Galatians chapter 6, or Galatians chapter 5 and Ephesians chapter 5, it's very specifically said that they that do these things have no part, no inheritance in the kingdom of God or heaven. So you read them for yourself. First Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 1 through 8. Colossians chapter 3, verses 5 through 6. First Timothy chapter 1, verses 9 through 10. Second Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 through 7. Second Peter chapter 2, verses 10 through 18. Jude chapter 1, verse 16 through 19. Revelation chapter 9, verse 21. Revelation chapter 21, verse 8. 
James chapter 3, verse 14, 16. Sinless in the Bible. Immorality is right at the top of those lists. So what would be one of your possible biggest areas of sin? Possible sin. What do you think it is? Immorality. Immorality. You should really guard yourself against immorality. You old girls sitting here, you're not exempt. You're not exempt. No, you think, don't you think these old girls are dead? Don't you think they're dead? I've seen some old girls do really bad stuff. Oh, they look sweet. They look like wouldn't 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 step on an ant. Be careful. Be careful. You may have been moral your whole life and mess up your last five years. I've seen it happen. The things that are highly esteemed of men are an abomination to God. Luke chapter 16, verse 15, Jesus' words, and he said unto them, Here are they which justify yourselves before men, but God knoweth your hearts. For that which is highly esteemed among men is an abomination in the sight of God. Now try to digest that a little bit. Try to digest that. What's highly, what's highly esteemed in this world? Money has to be number one. Well, the Bible says the love of money is the root of all evil. So that's big. So money. Position. Position. Right? Uh, looks. Good looks. Good looks. I've struggled that with that my whole life. Good looks, though. When you look at the 6 o'clock news, the 6.30 news, Hey, one ugly announcer on there. They didn't get that job because they could read real good. Look at Fox News. Them girls didn't get that job because they're qualified so much better than all them other women that applied for that job, making two, three million a year. You tell me they want some homely girls applied for those jobs. They did. They were probably even better. But the world esteems looks. It esteems fame. Fame. Uh, people sell their soul for fame. They'll sell it. They'll sell it. And they do sell their soul. They sell their soul for fame. And you can just go down through a list and be, well, let me, well, let me ask you some other things. Raise your hand. I'll call on you. What are some other things people, people highly esteem in this world? Some things people... Property, owning property, owning stuff, huh? Possessions. That's right, possessions, owning stuff. I own three houses. I own a house in Europe, a house in Brazil. Where are you at, Brazil? I own a house in Brazil, a house in Italy. I got a house down, I got a house in the California on the beach at, at, at Ventura. Uh, you know, I got one in Alaska so I can go s s fishing for salmon. You know, though, they, they got houses. I've had people tell me they're so rich they could never spend it if they wanted to. I said, we could give it a shot if you'd share. 
You know, I feel sorry for people with a lot of money. You not you believe the Bible, right? Hard for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. And it's hard for a rich Christian to do right the way God wants him to do it. It's hard for a rich Christian to be humble. Money tends to give you pride because the, the world sets their eyes on it and says, if you've got money, you must have been smarter than everybody else. You must have been wiser than everybody else. You must have been able to figure it out better than everybody else. And they esteem you. Highly esteemed among men is a what? Abomination on the sight of God. So that means the things that are not highly esteemed, take the opposite. Things that are not highly esteemed, humility is not highly esteemed in the, wor in the world. Humility, humble, that isn't highly esteemed. You're a fool if you're humble. That's highly esteemed with God. Contrite, being contrite. Oh, that's highly esteemed with God. Being broken over your sin and over, over, your, over your transgressions. Oh, the world sneer, sneers at that, but and God, that's highly esteemed. That's highly esteemed. He said, it says in Psalm 51, the sacrifices of God are a broken and contrite heart. These, O God, thou wilt not despise. Whoa. Jesus. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. The way he acted, his humility, he was perfect. This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. So you can look at, study the life of Jesus carefully because that's God the Father said, this is my son. And I'm well pleased with the way he's doing things and what he says. He never said one word that what shouldn't have said. He never looked at one place he shouldn't have looked at. He didn't get mad when he shouldn't have. He did not get mad when he shouldn't have. He got mad in the temple. But he should have got mad. It was righteous indignation. Yeah. So here's a summer real quick. Oh, oh, this is two weeks worth. For all these abominations have the men of land done, which are before you, and the land is defiled. And the land, I thought this was interesting. It's always been, always been amazing to me. This is the children of Israel going in to the promised land, and they're going to displace seven great nations, which are greater than they were. A more, their cities had high walls, and they were impregnable, undefeatable, uh, without God on their side. And he said to them, um, these people that you're going in to take over, they've done all these abominations. And, and because of that, they've defiled their land. Now, I'm not even sure the depth of all that. But basically, you can defile your land. Where God says to the land, spew them out. I want to spew means puke. Spew them out. The land spew not you, uh, not you out also. that If you do those things, basically going to spit you out, spew you out, when you defile it as it spewed out the nations that were before you. How close are we in the United States to having our land spew us out? Have you ever thought of COVID? What if COVID had an 80% kill? What if COVID had an 80%? You know how easy COVID was to get. As much money as you wore masks and you stayed in and you socially, socially distanced yourself. How many got COVID? Raise your hand. All of you that raise your hand would be dead. God can 
cast us out of this land with one little disease that comes through. It happened in Europe. It happened in Europe, the Black Plague. The Black Plague killed 80% of the people of Europe. It took 200 years for Europe to regain that population that they lost. 200 years to regain that population. It says they, they profess that they know God in Titus 1.16, but in, their, in works they deny him. And I just put this because this is, this is the same things we're talking about here. They profess that they know God, but in works they deny him being abominable. And he explains it. Disobedience is part of being abominable. And every good work reprobate. Reprobate means you just don't care anymore. The worst thing God could do to you or do to me would be make it where we just didn't care anymore. Do you care tonight? Well, that means God's with you. Because if you were reprobate, you'd be sitting there going, this is crazy. Why is he even talking about this stuff? In fact, you wouldn't be here. So listening is some abominations, and we're going to sexual perversion, idolatry. It's Bible, and it's not me. The Bible says he's pride, lying, murder, wicked imaginations. Oh my goodness, that's going wild. Eager to do evil, discord among brethren, sacrifice. You know the devil shows up when you start having discord. So I was to my doctor today, and he said something about confusion. Oh, he asked me if I had problems with confusion. I said, Doc, confusion is of the devil. And no, I don't have problems with confusion. But confusion is of the devil. I mean, I know you get physically, mentally impaired, you can have confusion. I know what he was talking about, but I was putting that out to him because he's a Muslim and I was trying to win him to Christ. Thoughts of the wicked are an abomination. Way of the wicked. Let's go. That's not the end of the list. Rebellious and stubborn is an abomination of God. Those in authority who do evil is an abomination of God. Adultery and immorality is an abomination of God. Highly esteemed things of men are an abomination of God. Avoid these things and live. The Christian may do these things, but will immediately be convicted of the Holy Spirit and soon repent. I believe a Christian is capable of committing any sin. But if you do, you'll not continue in it. You'll not continue in it. You'll be immediately, the Holy Spirit, because you have, if you're born from above, you have the Holy Spirit in you. The Bible says, Jesus said in John 14, I think it's 14, 16, the Holy Spirit will never leave you. And so if, if you do something wrong, you get this, eh. You tell a lie, and the Holy Spirit will go, ooh, now you shouldn't have done that. If you steal something, ooh, that's not yours, you shouldn't have done that. You wanted to kill somebody driving in front of you, ooh. You shouldn't do that. Mark of a believer was repentance from evil. Uh, Jesus said, I tell you, neighbor, except you repent, you shall likewise perish. Repentance simply is to change your mind. You want to go wrong, you want to do right. John, Jesus, the apostles, the early church preached repentance from evil. I don't have to prove that, but I, I will some. Paul's summation of his preaching, of his life, testifying both to the Jews, also to the Greeks. 
what? Repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. I'm changing my mind. I'm going to turn away from the wicked things I've been doing, and I feel I feel sorry about it, but I feel that they're wrong, and I'm turning to God. I'm going to trust Christ, faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace, because the carnal mind is empty against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. Now that's you and me. We can go from flesh to the spirit like in two milliseconds. You know, boom, boom. You can move from one to the other. Where's that? That's Lehi after a bad rain. <laughs> I believe that's the Grand Canyon. However, it may be up by Moab. That may be up by Moab. There's, there's, there's places other than the Grand Canyon that look like that, and I've been to so many different places. That's one of my pictures for my trip. But uh, they call it Big Sky Country. You see why. You can see for miles. Miles. Well, may God help you to stay away from the things that displease God and to be attracted to the things that are. Now, you won't know that if you don't read the Bible, right? You don't go to church and fellowship with people, but by the grace of God, this will help you some. Let's pray. Father, thank you tonight for the Holy Spirit of God. Thank you for the Bible. It's quick and powerful and sharpening a two-edged sword. We ask you, God, that you would open our eyes so we may see. If there's anything displeasing in our life, we may avoid it, move away from it, condemn it. In Jesus' name, amen. If you would like to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ, you may contact us at the church website, gospelbaptistchurch.com, or you can go to Facebook and type in Gospel Baptist Church Bonita Springs, Florida. Also, you could call the church office at 239 947-1285. Thank you and God bless.